Hello, everybody. This is Erica. This is Shari. And this is April. And you are now listening to Three Sykes and a Mic. Just as a disclaimer, although the contents of this show may be educational and therapeutic in nature, this should not be considered a replacement for therapy with a licensed professional. If you would like more information on how you can find a therapist in your area, please contact us on social media. Yeah, so we're live. Yeah, hey, everybody. How are you? Look, I'm, look, let me wave here because I don't think they can see that from out here. Right, you like all over here. Hey, hey, everyone! I like to put it up on my laptop to see what it looks like. Yeah, I know. Let me pull up from my in from my phone so I can see what we look like. But I'm super excited to go yeah. live with y'all. This is the technology. I know, right? <laughs> the first. Um, Facebook Live of Three Sykes and a Mic, and Tiffany has joined us. What's up, Tiff? Yeah, we got like two people looking. So, hey, y'all, thanks for joining us. We're super excited to talk to y'all today. Yes. Share this if you can so that your people can see us. And I am on my phone, and I am like one of the umpteen million people who am perpetually logged in. And if anything ever <laughs> happens to Facebook, I will never be able to get back in because I don't know my password. <laughs> I don't even think the email account that it's linked to exists anymore. Oh no. Well, I had to change my email account because it was linked to my undergrad back when yeah. only people that were in undergrad could join Facebook. Um, um all right. So I'm excited to talk about um the show. We yeah. had I know we had one question about this last episode. Um so for those who may have never listened, you just saw the notification and join. <laughs> um, we are three sites in the mic. Um, I am April. This is the, the face behind the voice that talks all the time. <laughs> I'm Shari. And I am Erica. <laughs> On the disclaimer. <laughs> right. You're the professional disclaimer girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I seriously like rewatched and like took notes. I brought my notebook. I knew it. I knew if there was anybody who was going to take notes, it was going to be you. Erica is the teacher. All right. So we got 14 people. 13. Somebody left. Uh-oh. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. So let's, so let's get into it. Um, What has been your biggest, I guess, like shocker this season? Well, before we go, I want to tell people, if you have not, like, if you don't want any spoilers... You oh. probably should not oh. listen because we're going to do spoilers, you know, because sometimes, you know, people are like, oh, I didn't know y'all was going to be talking about exactly what's going on. So I just want to let people know that we will have spoilers. So, yeah. you know, act accordingly. <laughs> but what was your question? What did you say? Like, what's been your biggest shocking moment um, from the show? Or I'll ask another question. Why do you? you think this show is so like polarizing and like gets people mm. so riled up I think people see themselves in the characters I think they see a lot of their own behaviors um ways that maybe <clears throat> they have behaved and or misbehaved in friendships relationships um and they connect to that 
Um, and it's almost like you see yourself and then you either defend behaviors that you see within yourself or you see behaviors that you have in other people. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that. And then you probably have friends like looking at you like. Really? <laughs> That's you. That's a good point. People connect to these characters. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think people because we're on what is the season four? Season four, right? So I think people have like stock. Like like we have stock in these characters as far as like we've connected with them. We've kind of seen them from season one up to now. Like we've seen some of their growth or not growth. Um, so we we started to like really connect and really invest in the characters. And so I think it really makes us like polarized because we pick sides, you know, and I think they kind of set that up. Well, I didn't say they did, but we set it up from the beginning with like Team Issa, Team Lawrence. Right. So now it's like you got to pick a team. You got to pick one person as opposed to identifying yep. with all the characters. Yeah. 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 All right. So. Who right? Shout out to Bless. Bless in the chat room. Oh, hey Bless. No, I was saying shout out to Bless. Shout out to Bless. Hey Angela. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Okay, so I have a part question. So who wh whose team were no, you? I'm reading the comments. That's right. <laughs> season four starting. So whose team are we on? Team were you on prior to season four? I'm, I'm always team Kelly. I was never on a team. Like, because I think all of the main characters got a little bit of trash in the, like, it's nobody is this. Well, okay. Kelly is a good one to be team. I'm <laughs> she, always she's team a comedy Kelly. relief, but it's like, I've always, not always, I've been able to see both sides of situations. Like, I think with the Issa thing, at, like, at the, with season one, I probably was more team Issa only because I feel like people weren't acknowledging the fact that not cheating is like the bare minimum of a relationship. Like yeah. it was a lot of conversation around, but she cheated like, yeah, she did, which is absolutely wrong. However, <laughs> that's let's look at the context of what yeah. happened in this relationship. Yeah. Um, team Condola. I'll, Condola had the baddest wardrobe. I mean, yeah. And I we'll hate go that we're wardrobe. not going to see that anymore. I, you would think... Yeah, I, so I'm looking at Condola. <laughs> Bridget said Team Condola. I was not a fan of Condoleezza. <gasps> I was I not like a fan her. of condolences. What did she do? What did she do? <laughs> I Why? was not a fan. What did she do? <laughs> well, I just didn't. Why? So I felt as though she was, let me get my thoughts together. Well, I, I, I felt as though she was a little bit too, well, I can't say she was too mature for the group. She was too mature for the group. I feel like she was too mature for the group, but I don't think that I wasn't a fan of the way that she was, I don't 
no, I just didn't like it. See, you don't look. Know. Let me just say that. <laughs> You don't know why you don't like her. That I is like her. <laughs> Look, I'm like, Look, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to extrapolate something. Look, you know, I'm in my mind like, what is it? I ain't like her. She's dating That's it. Put the monkey wrench in the potential of Issa and Lawrence getting back together and people because she wasn't the ratchet banker that people could talk about. She was a grown woman and her stuff together. Like, wait a minute. She is she's together. She's right. There's nothing to hate about her. So you had just have to hate on her. I don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> and I you yeah. and I'm not so even a fan. Know. I don't even want Lawrence and Issa to get back together. Like I'm not even a fan of that. Mm-hmm. Um I just did not, I I just couldn't connect with her. But it might just be because I'm, I don't want, like I, any character that Lawrence dates, I'm like, mm, they ain't good enough. <laughs> so you were, but she was, so Bridget said she was an adult. She definitely was an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Leo said that Condola was everything Issa wanted to be. Certainly. Um, I don't think Issa will, I think it's a good point. I don't think Issa will ever be a condolence. Well, not in that same sense, because Issa's just awkward, which I love. Um, yeah. Now, the only thing I didn't like about Condola was how she handled the awkwardness, because at the end of the day, your business is your business. Like, you don't let personal interfere, like, especially if you, you had a contract or an agreement to do this event, and then you bail because things got, like, y'all knew it had the potential to get messy, when y- once y'all find out that there was some commonalities, right? And once you all cleared the air about it, that should have been it. And or you should have came up with a contingency plan, like, okay, so if mm-hmm. we break up or X, Y, and Z, we're gonna make sure not to. So that was the only time I didn't really like uh, Condola or how she handled it. But I was talking with a good friend about it, and. Um, just the idea of like maturity mm-hmm. and where I was like, I'm not that mature <laughs> to be. Um, I'm just not. And I think that's good to know about yourself. Um, kudos to Issa, but I, I just would not have been a, but it was kind of tough because you're already in this working relationship. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. probably the point that I would have pulled back and said, okay, let's just keep this a working relationship. Definitely. Yeah, I definitely would have just set the boundaries at working, like a working relationship, as opposed to feeling as though I wanted to get personally closer to this person. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to to handle that dynamic. Yeah. I was a little confused. Um, like why it's almost like when when Condola and Lauren broke up, that it felt like Issa and Condola were breaking up also. I wasn't quite getting that. Like to me, it's like, well, now there isn't the opportunity, yeah. Well, I think Issa was the reason. I think it's going to be revealed that Issa was probably a factor mm-hmm. in them breaking up, especially that conversation that Lawrence um, that they had at Thanksgiving when she asked, uh, like, if Issa wouldn't have cheated, would you all still be together? And 
Right. He couldn't really give an answer. So I think, and she's seen like their chemistry, um, but chemistry doesn't always mean you meant to be together. Like you no. chemistry and doesn't mean it's a good relationship, which is message. <laughs> um, so yeah. <laughs> message. <laughs> but I think it, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think it stems from the fact that Issa and Condola never sat down and had like an actual conversation around what the dynamic was going to be. Kind of like April said about being able to say like, you know, if Lawrence and Condola break up, like what is that going to be like for their working relationship? What is that going to be like for their friendship, you know, and vice versa? And so I think they kind of skirted around that conversation. They were kind of like, I don't want it to be awkward. Me either. But they didn't talk about it in actual team theme, I feel like, of this show is like the lack of direct communication that a lot of these friends have, which brings me to why I think a lot of people are team Kelly, because Kelly seems to be the communicator among all of them. Because there's so much stuff that none of them are talking about. Mm -hmm. And her husband and not talking about this whole being new parents and this seemingly postpartum situation that Tiffany seems to be rolling into, how the husband is feeling, Issa and Molly not talking about the rift in their relationship, you know, Condola and Issa not really talking about, you know, what that relationship yeah. is. It's just a lot of in not talking. People are saying a lot, All but right. they're not talking about the issues. So then let's bring it back to the hot button issue is Team Molly or Team Issa, who was right and who was wrong. And please, in the comments, let us know. Let us know if you want to hop on and give us your opinion. Yeah. Like, whose team wanna... are y'all on? Because people are on some teams. People are taking sense. sides. People Favorite. are taking sides. Uh, I think it's it's easy. It's easy to, and I think like you said before, it's because we recognize, we see ourselves in the characters, but mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of denial about people who don't see themselves in Molly. It's like, there's a lot of Molly and a lot of us that people, <laughs> you know, look different when you see it played out, but yeah. <laughs> um, so Bridget said that Molly is a hater. Uh, Team Andrew, I like Andrew. Team Andrew, right. Um, is the Issa Molly dynamic common in friendships amongst women? Leo, thank you so much for asking that question. Because I do yes. want to touch on that. Angela says that they both were wrong in different ways, and I agree a hundred percent. So to Leo's question, I think so. I think women relationships or female relationships get a bad rep. Like somebody at some point said, women don't get along with each other. Yeah. No proof, no context to it, and yeah. people took it ran with it and what they do is they look at every ex example that supports that and go see 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 look when you can ask any woman and they will probably can't tell you a time where they weren't supported by another woman mm -hmm. unless they have good relationship skills and interpersonal skills in general so it's not often about gender it's sometimes people just don't know conflict resolution now i will say there is a gender component where women are not taught to be assertive when it comes to conflict. So that's where you get kind of those traits of passive aggressiveness and just being real docile and quiet. So that's, I think, what where you kind of see the commonality with mm -hmm. gender. But I would hope 
to think with age and with some type of work, women learn how to get out of that. Um, yeah. But I think what happens with Issa and Molly, I don't think Molly is a hater. I think Molly is a little bit self-absorbed and and doesn't know how to manage her emotions. Like she doesn't know how to connect emotions or feeling and thought. And like, mm -hmm. she just goes, she feel it and it come out. Like yeah. She goes from zero to 100. There is no middle with her Molly. Processing happens after the fact, I think. But it, yeah. it takes the feedback or the re reaction to her response for her to then go back and think about stuff and then apply yeah. it. So like you said, it's very quick. I also think going back to his question of, you know, they say that women don't get along, but I think what people often see is that women working through whatever that looks like and however that looks, we do a lot of working through in our relationship. Mm. It might be nice and pleasant some days. It might be a little nasty other days, but whatever it looks like, we tend to continue to try to work through to resolve. Yeah. Whereas with guys, like there's usually kind of some stereotypical or typical ways in which they kind of like manage conflict. We're going to do it this way. We're going to spark it. We're going to move on or we're going to, you know, whatever. But I think women, we we are kind of the gatekeepers of um, tending to relationships. And so in order to tend something, you're going to continuously mow at the ground. And, you know, so it's mm -hmm. interaction between women. And so you have a lot of more opportunities to see the good, the bad, and the indifferent. But people tend to only hang on to those ugly moments mm. and describe that, I think, to our interaction. Yeah. And I mean, I think like the Isamali dynamic is common in relationships that aren't communicative, like people who don't communicate, they often misfire. Right. And that looks that could be for women. That can be for men. That can be just across the board. If you're not really sitting and communicating kind of who you are and kind of what you feel to your friends, then, you know, they're going to miss where you are you know nobody's a mind reader nobody can fully you know no matter how much you are like well they know me they should know nobody mm -hmm. actually knows what you're thinking what you're feeling unless you say it like of course we can assume but mm -hmm. who wants to act on assumptions you know and so i think like that dynamic becomes present when people don't communicate what they're thinking what they're feeling whether it's in the moment or later Exactly. Yeah. And Bridget said something to comment that Molly acts like a brat. And I think it goes back to Molly is she she's a black and she seems to be like a very black and white thinker. And maybe mm -hmm. that's probably helped her in her career, you know, because she has this view of the world, especially with relationships. She's very oh, yeah. I want to be married by this time. This is what a marriage is supposed to look like. And when things don't fit in that whatever she has deemed she she can't handle it so i went back to like some of the previous episodes like previous seasons because one narrative or thing that i don't haven't liked is molly ain't never been a good friend blah 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 and i was like oh no. yeah See, this is what happens sometimes when we have an, a blow up uh or argument with a friend it can you can very easily get stuck in the mm -hmm. now right. disregard all the stuff that y'all have been through worked out because the now 
you're mad, which is fair. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to give yourself time to feel it. But you also like because for that to be true, that Molly always been a bad friend. Molly should have ran up on Issa after the broken pussy incident. Long time ago. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. Long episode one. But like April, yeah, like you're saying, like their friendship has so much history. I think what we're seeing right now is that history blowing up, you know, like that history that hasn't been discussed, that hasn't been talked about, you know, Molly being like, look, I've repeated, like I've said things or tried to set boundaries with you. And then this last boundary that I really wanted to hold, you went around it, you know. Um, I think that's where it it built up because it wasn't talked about from episode one, right? (laughs) And it was carried throughout the season. I think one of the things that and that I think we also haven't talked about is, you know, when we talk about like relationships and, and in relationships, there's this dance, right? Everybody gets in, into the dance and you start to move according to that relationship. Yeah. She and Issa have had a consistent dance, right? Molly has been the successful one. Molly has been the one to hold Issa down with everything. And she has been a good friend and she's demonstrated that was kind of her role, you know. Yeah. Issa's been the hot mess one in career, and Molly's been the hot mess one in relationships. And that was just kind of the the role. And so then when the dance starts to kind of shift a little bit, it becomes very awkward. And yeah. then you know, like, okay, well, I'm used to leading in this area, and now I'm seeing you kind of try to step out and take some lead moves on your own. And we're not vibing right now. We're really off sync. And recognizing the, or I think they're recognizing. I do think they're recognizing shifts, but I think because they're not playing that same typical role, it's kind of hard to relate to this new position. Both of them are kind of taking up, and neither one of them knows how to communicate about it or knows how to react to it. And no, which is. Yeah, which is why I think it's hard for me to be like Team Issa and Team Molly. And I, I know yeah. I've talked to, to y'all about this before. I think both have been wrong. I think Molly is just always loudest in her mm-hmm. wrongness, just because that's her personality. Like Issa's just passive. Yeah. Um, Whereas Molly is the opposite. So it's very easy for her wrong to like get all of the attention and it overshadows yeah. what how Issa has also contributed. Now, again, I will say that blow up. I'm just going to say, I think the I think the writers just needed to move the plot along because I still cannot wrap my mind around that blow up. Even though I understood why she was upset. Right. It's just like, okay, this was um, a lot. So Leo commented that Molly lawyers her way through life and relationships. Shit will always get ugly. I, you are absolutely right. I That's agree. a very good point. Um, yeah, Molly fights to win. Yeah, you're gonna win, but when you fight to win in a relationship, she, right? That's the thing. She fights to win, and I think if somebody were to ask her, like in that in that fight with Issa at that moment, like what was the prize? She wouldn't be able to identify it, you know. Nope. You know, but she's fighting to win. She's like, if I'm in this, I'm gonna win it, and I'm gonna say what I need to say to get it. You know, and so, you know, she definitely flew off the handle um, 
Yeah, Bridget said Molly also suffers in all relationships because she also she always wants to win. Yeah. Yeah, and that's interesting. Yeah, you and Leo are saying the exact same thing. And she she will bulldoze her way. She's a lion. She will mm -hmm. bulldoze her way through. And then after the fact, look back and like, oh, I just called out. Oh, I okay. Like, like that was me. <laughs> My yeah, <laughs> right. she doesn't know. She don't have. She does not have a middle. There's um, no stop. Which and it's so funny because it reminds me. I don't know if y'all remember. I think it might have been last season when she was in therapy, and the therapist. And this is when Lil Rail was had like a little recurring role right. as the leader from the other firm. And the therapist is like, "Well, why don't you give him a chance? Like, yeah, he may not fit what you normally would like, but." give him a chance and she was like okay and then she like slept with him the same night and I was like right. that's not that's not what your therapist meant by giving him a chance like she didn't mean she gave like, him <laughs> go right <laughs> she gave him a chance all right <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have a middle um yeah. where Issa mm -hmm. I think is okay living in the gray or yeah. living in the you know, kind of same thing with the relationship. Like she was in a five-year relationship and was unhappy for the last three years of that. But she, mm. this she is interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, this is interesting. So Bridget said that Molly doesn't have boundaries, ironically, and I would argue that neither of them have boundaries. Like Molly, like it's just it looks different. So like Molly's lack of boundaries looks like I'm gonna run over everybody else's. And Issa's lack of boundaries looks like I'm going to absorb everybody else's. So like April saying with the whole Lawrence situation, Issa probably wouldn't have left if like even though she wasn't happy, even though she wasn't satisfied, she wouldn't have left if he wouldn't have been like, nah, like I'm breaking this off, you know. And so like Issa doesn't have the boundaries that she needs to be able to like set her own precedents and like set her own like situations up, you know? And so I think in this last episode that happened yesterday, we see her trying to like navigate how to set up boundaries and she's like failing at it because she, now she's <laughs> like, I'm just bringing everybody in, you know? And so I think they both really struggle with boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm trying to think what I, what I do. I think Molly struggles with boundaries. I feel like Molly sets her boundaries and will not move them. Like she sets mm -hmm. rules. She's rigid. Yeah, she's rigid. Like, and she's going to force everybody else to bend to her rules, regardless. Like even when she got upset about Andrew dating other people, I'm like, girl, like even if you get in your feelings about it, like I can understand feeling like, oh, you. You know, feeling so, but she like was really offended just that the fact that this guy that she's not in a committed relationship with is dating other people right. because yeah. it didn't fit what she had in her mind. In her mind, they're going out, they're having sex, or I don't know if they had sex at that point, but they're spending time together. Then, so obviously, mm -hmm. this is about to be my boyfriend. And it's like, no, girl, he never, y'all yeah. haven't had that conversation. Um, no, so. Do you what do you think about the boundary she tried to set with when Issa asked her for help? Should Molly have thrown put her feelings aside and just recognized that she had a friend in need? Mm. 
So I go back and forth. Go ahead, Erica. <laughs> partly because, okay, I don't fault Molly for trying to set that boundary. And I feel like this is a new thing trying to do. She really was trying to be a different Molly approaching this relationship. And so I feel like for her, she wanted to do things differently from what she typically does. She said, I want to have a boundary between my relationship and my friendship with Issa. Mm -hmm. But there's a small part of me that also felt like she set the boundary to almost punish Issa. There was just this kind of feeling and I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong, but I felt like a part of it was kind of like um, she didn't know how to um, navigate the Issa kind of getting her career stuck together and she didn't really want to be Molly saves the day for Issa again. And so I felt like I felt like her boundary was appropriate, and, but I also felt like some of the potential rationale behind it was also a little bit of that. And I felt like that could have also then been communicated. I feel like she could have said, hey, I want to set a boundary yeah. between my relationship. And I feel like I have been acting as the savior friend for you when it comes to just mm -hmm. like, and I see you on a forward trajectory and I want to give you the opportunity to keep moving independently in that way. Because I do feel like part of some of Issa's problems is that Molly has been such a supportive friend that she's almost crippled Issa. And I feel like part of that wasn't, that part wasn't communicated. And I feel like that mm -hmm. was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was, I think it was a little bit of blue. I think yeah. it was a boundary and she was also mad at Issa. Like you hadn't called me and we hadn't talked in all this time. And I'm thinking you're calling me for us to catch up and kind of hash it out and clear the air, but you calling me for a favor. And yeah. that's where I'm like, I call, call whatever you want, but don't don't ask me for favors when we beef. Like right. we're gonna have to talk about it. And then we, we can get into the favors. Cause then mm -hmm. it's, I'm gonna feel used. Use right. at that point, like you can't have this conversation, but you're asking for my help. No, mm -mm. yeah, yeah. I think you know, definitely, I think the boundary that she set was appropriate. I think it was an appropriate boundary. I think the way she communicated it was inappropriate. Like, like, I think it was a dig. I think it was like, a okay, yep, you need me, but nope, I'm not doing this for you, not this time, you know. Um, it wasn't communicated as far as like, this is why I want to set this boundary or this is what this relationship means for me. But, mm -hmm. you know, they haven't been there for each other in that way during this season, like throughout the whole season. And I mm -hmm. think, you know, it's really hard when you have a friend and you have the dynamics and you have the history and you see that that friend hasn't been there for you and you feel like all those feelings that come along with feeling unsupported by your best friend. And it's hard to have that conversation, you know? Yeah. So instead yeah. of having the conversation that underlies the boundary, the man, yeah. I really mm -hmm. feel like you ain't been supporting me. You know, they are throwing darts at each other. Yeah. yeah, it was a sweet goal. It was a like, yeah. so this is so Bridget said um, she gets the boundary, but not she doesn't understand why Molly got mad when Issa didn't evolve her. So this is why I think Molly got mad because this is where I would have been like, oh, because 
for me, I'm boundary when it comes to men I date and my friends. Never the two shall meet unless it's like a birthday party. Like it gotta be, we doing a group thing. And I don't mean never the two shall meet, but like we, you ain't friends with my friends. Cause if something happened between, if we break up, these are my friends. <laughs> so what I was thinking with the Molly and Andrew, one, Molly didn't have faith in Issa that she would pull it off. So I think she was thinking, you're going to get my potential new boyfriend caught up in your stuff. Mm. And we already like trying to work through the stuff I'm doing with him. Now I'm about to pull you in. I don't know why this artist dropped out. Is it something that you always mm -hmm. doing? So mm -hmm. I think she was like, no, I don't really want to get him involved in that. And she was mad at Issa. Um, and as far as she knows, Andrew, because of Issa, this is my thing. It's not like Issa set them up. Like she met him right. because of her, but it wasn't like Issa was this great facilitator. So I don't think she owes Issa anything for just being like, oh, your homeboy got a homeboy. Like, yeah. But as far as why Issa got mad, I think she felt that it was a little bit like underhanded. Like I told you I didn't really want him involved and you did it anyway. Mm -hmm. Now, from Issa's perspective, I understand when you plan an event and something bad happened, you got to get it done. So if she saw another way around it, she took it. So I not yeah. I'm not necessarily mad at that, but I think you need to stand in. And I think that's why in this last episode, she was trying to go out of her way to be super yeah. helpful because she realized she did use Nathan. Nathan yeah. probably been on yeah. Instagram this whole time, but at that point, she was like, "Hold up, Nathan, who can I use?" Which again, sometimes you just gotta own your shit. I'm sorry. Right. Own your your stuff yeah so even if molly even if Issa uh facilitated their introduction andrew and Issa are not friends andrew mm -hmm. and Issa are not like they don't have the relationship because had they she could have started with andrew from the beginning and he worked yeah. at from the jump he could have said i'll help out but he didn't so i think to me somebody brought this example of, of um have you ever asked your mom for something and she says no, and then you go ask, go and ask your dad or your grandma and they yeah. say yes. It's now, manipulative. And you get that butt cutting afterwards because uh, <laughs> and you went behind it. Right. Yeah. It's manipulative, you know? That's and, definitely and what it is. It was, and I get why she did it. I just think you got to Sometimes you got to stand up in your stuff. Like, yeah, I did it because, and I was, I'm willing to accept the risk that came, or not the risk, but the uh, the consequence of whatever right. that came along. But at the same time, Molly didn't have like it wasn't that deep for the way Molly responded, which is how you know that it wasn't about right. And it wasn't about that situation. So the blow up wasn't about her going back to, you know, using back channels to get to her boyfriend. It was, that was the, just the straw of yeah. a lot of conversations that she and Issa have not had about a whole lot of things. And it just bubbled to the surface and spilled all the way over. Mm -hmm. just about to come to blows, which I thought was a little extreme um, for the writing. Um, oh, yeah. Because I don't know that that would bring, I mean, maybe it would, I don't know, bring someone to that on clothes with your best friend. Right. 
but maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I mean, how's your Charleston, Erica? Maybe, I don't know. Which <laughs> <laughs> y'all 30? Get 30 out close with my Right. <laughs> yeah, I so, felt like it was extreme. Yeah. Yeah, which is why I'm like, I think this was another plot point. Not another, but like, okay, y'all needed some like explosion. Yeah. Um, so Bridget, by then she decided Molly wasn't her friend, so YOLO. So this brings up kind of a good topic of ending or dealing with conflict in adult relationships. Like what's the the protocol? Like right. in a breakup, it's typically pretty formal when you're breaking up with a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the friendship, how do you have that conversation around it? Or do you, or do you, do you just let it fizzle out? Hmm. I think you absolutely for a best friend. So they consider one another best friends. Right. And so I think that there absolutely has to be a conversation Um, because one, they like I said, they've got that history. They have mutual friends. So you can't just let it fizzle out because it's not going to fizzle. Like y'all are going to be around each other. You're going to be in shared spaces. And so being able to like have that conversation that says like, hey, I think we've come to where we've come. You know, Um, I think they may move to that space where they're having that conversation. Um, But I definitely think you can't just let it fizzle. What about you, Erica? I'm think I'm thinking about you know the episode from last night and you know I'm always who vibrating oh that because we can't hear you we can't hear you (laughs) somebody getting a good phone call yeah I I I mean I hear I hear the whole like I don't want to be the first um but I also think that speaks to again you know, this, they're shifting in their role or trying to do things differently. And Issa's like, I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the initiator of, you know, let's talk or, Mm. you know, all this. Um, And so, I don't know. I'm I'm wondering, is Molly going to be the one? Is Issa going to end up being the one? Like, how is this right now? I don't, I don't see it being, I don't see it being Issa. I think Issa still has a lot of maturing to do. That's yeah. still quite mature. In her, even in the episode, because I took notes, I noted that her mom was talking about growing pains. And that's exactly, you know, yeah. what I like. This is like a maturing of both of these characters, of all mm-hmm. of them. Like this is a maturing season, right? They're all in these very different transitional times in their lives, becoming parents, becoming actual entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Now, like becoming a relationship Molly, like all of these different, you know, transitional stages in life. And we're seeing them try to navigate them and mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. <laughs> the struggle not necessarily doing a poor job at it but just kind of watching uh-huh. the reality of, 
It ain't cute and pretty and easy looking. Like, ugly. We don't like ugly. Like no. even you can tell with the with the commentary around the show. It's so funny because you know, like there's an idea of how we think we are as people, you know, and then there's like what other people see. And that's what I think Gerilyn had mentioned in the comments about um, Molly is not introspective, like she's retrospective. Mm -hmm. And I think you need to have a good mixture of both. But the thing is, nobody really teaches you conflict resolution unless you've been to anger management no. therapy or took some type of class on it. You learn conflict resolution um, by by figuring it out, and most people suck at conflict resolution. I was just, I think with Bridget, maybe I don't know somebody. I was just having this conversation with someone about it's okay to disagree. Like, yeah, I, I'm okay with people disagreeing with me or even disagreeing with other people, unless it's about some like value system, but oftentimes disagreement is taken personally like oh well because we're not seeing eye to eye on this there's beef and it goes into like that mode um yeah. so i think part of it is what's happening this season is we're seeing why adult relationships are tough especially the ones that you've had for multiple years where yes. you all for some relationships it's time is the only thing keeping y'all together is the yeah. fact that y'all know each other there ain't nothing really y'all got in coming. You really don't talk anymore. I don't really think that's the case with this. But I think, like you said, Erica, when you mentioned the episode, it's growing pains and they're both shifting in areas where they're not used to mm -hmm. seeing each other grow and they don't know how to do it. And the death blow is they don't talk about it. That's right. what's killing them. That's they don't what talk it about is. It. What I so think is really also talking. happening is that they are like, they're really finding things independent of one another. And mm -hmm. so, like, from season one, it's been Molly and Issa, Molly and Issa. Regardless of, like, what's going on, it's been Molly and Issa. And we see this season that they're really starting to identify areas of their life that's independent of the other person. And when that happens in a friendship dynamic, that causes a lot of, like, oh, man, you left me behind, right? And that has to be communicated. That yeah. if it's not communicated, it turns into resentment. It turns into like misplaced feelings. It turns into jealousy. Like all of those things can come from that. And as you mentioned it now, and I'm thinking about just how that all has unfolded. Like even though um, Molly has been going through her transition, she has tried to make a point to still foster that relationship. So the so was it self care center? And she was still trying to maintain with Issa, even while Issa was working through, you know, her career stuff, inviting her over for, was it Thanksgiving? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, making sure that her mom or whoever made Issa's dessert or whatever. Yeah. Trying to schedule that time. So you do kind of see, even though Molly's going through her growth stuff, she's still trying to hang on to that. And you're, But you're seeing, I can see her seeing Issa is not doing her portion of the work. Certainly. Yeah, and I think, and that's why I understood when Molly hesitated on helping, because it was like, well, you, you've you been brushing me off. Now, yep. I keep coming back to, these are two grown women at some point could have said it, because even when they're like, they were talking about the self-care Sunday not working, 
it's like, dude, it's an elephant in the room. Just, just like y'all both being fake as hell right now. But at the same time, I also get it because that's an uncomfortable conversation mm-hmm. to have with the best friend because it's like, Ugh, does this mean it's ended? Like, yeah. so I, at the same time of me being frustrated watching it, I also can understand the reluctance to not have that conversation. Um, and someone mentioned earlier that Molly tried to, to fight Issa, so she got to apologize. Now, I agree with that. I don't think Issa needs to be the first person. You think Molly got to apologize first? Oh, yes. Molly, Molly took it too far. Like she, did she take got it far. She took it, even if you're justified in, in being feeling left out and hurt, once you go to this, I don't care what, look, it's over. We got, <laughs> yeah. that one, I'm blanking out. I'm blanking out. I don't, I don't know if you didn't give birth to me. That's the only person. And even then. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only time you had your finger in my face. <laughs> and even then, you don't get one warning. So I agree. No, I think that's difficult, though, when you're like, well, who should apologize first, right? Because then you just become stalemated. Like, I'm not going to be the first one, and I ain't going to be the first one, you know? And so I think at the end of the day, you really have to, like, instead of thinking about, like April said, that current situation, you really have to think about, like, the, the weight of the friendship. Like, what does it cost to not be the first one to apologize, you know? Mm-hmm. Um can I be stubborn in my corner and be like, nah, I'm not going to apologize or no, I'm not going to be the first one to call. And then months have passed and we in the same cycle because we still not communicating about what got us here in the first place, you know? So I agree that people get into the whole, who's going to be the first to apologize before they ever get to the, who is going to be the first to be honest about their feelings. Yes. You don't have to apologize if you Mm -hmm. are to say I'm I want to be the I'm I am fine with putting out, you know, I felt really hurt by you. Yeah. And right. I'm not blaming it it takes out all of the blame language. It just you don't have to blame anyone by just saying this is what I feel. Yeah. And it can take that away from you. Like, you know, again, your feelings might not be fact. That might not, you know, whatever. But those are your feelings that you're owning, and to say, "Hey, this is where I am," and just, you know, start I, there. I think everybody wants to go to apologizing first, and it's like everybody got something to apologize for. But y'all need to put your stuff out in the middle of the room and just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I agree. For me, there's a line. I think once it goes into physical. I, I don't have to ever talk to you again. Like, that's where I will throw. We don't ever have to talk again if it's up to me. Once you are about to put your hands on me, mm-hmm. that's with a romantic relationship. So I'm definitely not doing it. And well, if you're you better blow, then, like, you know, we just don't have, we just need to go ahead and take it there so we can end it. We need to end it on one at this point. That's so crazy. <laughs> I've never been that upset with somebody that I'm like, I'm about to, like, hit you hmm. like that's just not <laughs> if we get to that point we we like and i'm not even saying that we can't um recover it ain't gonna be on me like it's certain things like you yeah. sleeping with my husband you stealing <laughs> money 
uh, physical, I'm not initiating that. But if you <laughs> said something new, yeah, like that's what I'm saying. I, I think that whole, you know, we just need to talk. That's all well and good. But it's yeah. something I am not going to be the bigger person. Yeah. Perfectly yeah. okay. You know, the loss comes along with it. <laughs> One thing I do think, though, is that I am a big believer in initiating when you're actually ready to talk about it. Because I think Absolutely. sometimes we can like jump to, well, somebody's got to call somebody, you know, and we talking on the day after and the feelings are still so raw that we make it worse than mm-hmm. it was before we even started the conversation. And mm-hmm. so that came because I went back and forth between whether Issa should have walked into the restaurant. And no, talk to you know, it was too early. It was too yeah. early. Yeah, it was um, way too soon. So Chris said, <laughs> so Leo commented, we need to talk about Kelly's heel stretch. Uh, <laughs> why, Leo, why are you surprised she can do a heel stretch? Right. Let's unpack that. <laughs> but that outfit, I have questions, but that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> But I always have questions about Kelly's outfits. I don't think they do a well job of dressing the, her. They don't. They don't do a good job at it. I'm just saying. Okay, sorry. When you get a chance, can you share the link in the chat? Bridget wants to join. You may be able to send it to her personally. Um, so Geraldine mm-hmm. says, I think both Molly and Issa have given each other a lot of friendship rope over the years without ever reining it in. Yes. I think they were both heading towards hanging themselves. Molly just got there first with the physical blows. That's so good. And I don't even think Molly was, I don't think her intention was like, I'm about to fight her. I think she crossed that, that, you know, everybody got that space where once you go into the personal space, then I, there's only two things about to happen. And so I think when we got there because of Molly's personality, when Issa was like, yo, Molly, she ain't backing down, right or wrong. She gonna, she was a pit bull. So she got to keep going with it. And she dug, she died on the hill that she didn't have to. Yeah. Um, I think after the fact, she'll probably realize that I'm curious if her pride will let her have that conversation. I think Andrew Mm -hmm. is going to be the person that talk some sense into her. Well, that sounds weird, but that kind of helps her. Kind of pulls her from the extreme. She needs somebody to pull up from the extreme. Can we talk about though? Okay, so again, and I brought this up to you, April. I was like, okay, but why didn't Andrew be like, hey, yo, you know, your your homegirl, um, can because guys don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Guys don't care. They he like whatever sure I'll tell him. That's the plot hole here. I just I because it could have been casual while they getting ready. Oh yeah, yeah I, I just think they needed to make it so the episode would work because there is no reason I don't why me I understand Guys, the reason I think Lisa not- didn't say anything because she knew what she did was a little oh yeah they, that's why he's Andrew has no reason to have, like he got he thought he helping because if anything that would get him brownie points like yo I helped your best friend all right Doctor Bridget hey <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we need a guy's perspective on like how they handle 
Um, Charles, Charles, I'm going to call Charles, Dr. Dr. Helm out <laughs> to join us because he said it ain't that deep. He said, guys, guys aren't in the space. <laughs> He's like, it ain't that deep. Yeah. So what do you have for us? What's your thought? <laughs> I've been typing them furiously in the comments. <laughs> but honestly... So the, the deal with Molly and Issa for me is Molly is used to Issa needing her in um, a way that Molly has control in a lot of situations. So because she needs her all of the time, she has control over who she's dating. She has control of who she's talking to. She has control of all these different things. And now Issa kind of showed her like, well, okay, you thought that you had control of this situation, but you really didn't. So it was kind of like Molly thought that she had control over the situation, even though she was like, oh, okay, yeah, she did kind of pull it off. And really, Andrew was the one who had to bring it to her attention. Like, she's been working hard and she was successful regardless of all of this and everything. And then she was like, oh, yeah, it was kind of cool. So then she yeah. wanted to bring her some chicken wings and stuff. But by then, it was one, you didn't even want to come to the event. Two, you really were wishing for her to fail. And that's why you didn't want to go. And then three, once you realize that Issa took back control, not only of her event, but how she was going to handle things in her life, that's what made her upset to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That but makes again, sense. Like, have your role. Everybody has their role. And then without that role, she doesn't know who she is or, you know, in that relationship. Right. Yeah, she's used to Issa being messy and her being the one to, to save. I don't think mm-hmm. where Molly started to feel threatened was with the with with Condola, with seeing how close. Yes. Um, so so I think I think what you're speaking to, Bridget, made me think of something. There was already like we started with them being awkward, and we really don't know why. Because at first I thought it was because of what Molly did when she sent Nathan away in the previous season. Mm-hmm. But so that could have been like what started the little, you know, crack. Mm-hmm. You know how like you get a little ding on your windshield yeah. Yeah. and then you don't ever get it fixed. And then next thing you know, you come back and it's, that's actually happened to my window class in my school <laughs> car. It's like that. Who else would have called insurance? No, I got to go. Right. Just and- keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that started and then so they already had this like weird vibe and then here comes condola um who's coming in and east and molly's like yo like this 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 is my replacement and i do think molly is still protective of isa because i think even for her like hey no condola heart was from a place of like nah like excellent right. um so i think she kind of she knew their relationship was rocky this other person comes in to threaten it She's used to Issa being the needy one and her coming in to save the day. Yeah. And so now Issa no longer needs her. And now Molly is also trying to figure out how to be Molly in a relationship. And she doesn't have the support of her best friend. Mm-hmm. So right. that's one thing I noticed, like they're back and forth. Molly cons- consistently would throw jabs at Issa's career and mm-hmm. Issa would throw jabs at Molly's relationship. Yeah. Two things that both were trying to work and we're sensitive through. about, yeah. And sensitive about, and they weren't giving each other the room to grow. So, like, mm-hmm. if we cool, you can make a little joke about 
my me in this relationship. But if we're we're shaky, we can't yeah. joke about that. Right. Can't joke. Not in the same way. Not in the same way. Yeah. Andre Charles said Dr. B come in with some bum and sense. Right. <laughs> What's the what? Bum, bum and sense. Oh, so you coming with Thug Yoda. She she got Thug Yoda tonight. <laughs> quickly can we switch a little bit and then talk about why this like dynamic right now with um lauren and Issa? i'm so lawrence annoys me i don't like they annoy me together because they definitely fall back into their dynamic which is un is unhealthy right. because they they don't carry enough respect for one another. And yeah. I think that has been evident since season one. Like I don't think they they carry enough respect to think that each other can like manage and handle their own business. Mm. I just don't I, know that I say it's respect. I think that they're um they have yet to um, develop, they've yet to develop well enough as independent people that they're not working. They can't do the couple thing because they both have like their other stuff, their own independent stuff that they, they need to be focused on and needed, you know, they couldn't give, I feel like they couldn't give in the area that the other person needed because they were they needed so much attention within them own their own selves to kind of develop so i don't know if i feel like it was a lack of respect i feel it was just a lack of personal development that mm -hmm. was going to allow that relationship to work at, right. at the same that it was it, you know when we initially saw the season opening up the show opening up yeah, I I agree. I think they they I think they both needed to mature. And I think they still have a lot of maturing to go. And I don't even I don't even think that they shouldn't end up together. I think they got to be more thoughtful about it outside of where we click. Because trust me, I've been down that road. <laughs> uh, you know, because familiarity is is safe. Um, yeah. But there's something about Lawrence's indecision and. And it's the same thing with Issa, like, open your mouth, say, like, ugh, I don't know. It's something, I feel like Shar when she was playing what she didn't like Condola, like how he got upset at the Thanksgiving dinner when he found out Condola didn't want, he was like, well, you didn't have a conversation with her. And she just got out of a marriage. Like, why are you that bothered by this? Yeah. To, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like, he, you know what I said before, Lawrence, and Molly, I think, are the same person in a country relationship. Like, they try to force stuff to work regardless if before asking, should I work? So, yeah. mm. What do you think, um, Bridget, about the dynamic between Lawrence? What did you say, Erica, Lawrence and Easton? Yeah. Yeah. I had to switch rooms. Sorry, y'all. No, you good. So, <laughs> I think that Lawrence and Issa are really good friends at the core. Like, they enjoyed each other's company. They grew together because five years is a long, you know, that's a, that's a long time. And it's from their mid to late 20s into 30. So, like, that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a large developmental time. So they saw each other grow. They have a friendship. And I think that anytime 
you have a genuine friendship with someone and you have a romantic connection with them and you end the relationship like to Condola's point, not because y'all weren't compatible, but because somebody had messed up. So right, because he was right. It was a semicolon kind of put on their relationship rather than right. just a period. Like we don't work. That's it. I hate you. It was never anything like we just don't work well together. It was more so you hurt me. This is how I'm feeling in the moment. I'm sorry I hurt you. You know, yeah. I wanted some attention or whatever. But yeah. I think that's kind of what's going on with them is they're trying to figure out how to still have a little bit of like still keep each other in their lives without it being awkward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, I think that's why they keep coming back to one another because they have chemistry. Like there is a bond there. I think it's just important to distinguish is this it's a romantic bond right. or a friend bond. And if you jump to, you know, you just assume that, okay, this is me, we could get back together, you could risk running into the same, you know, mistakes or whatever that before. And I think both of them have grown. Uh, oh, so when, when Issa made the comment that she feel like Condola is reaping the rewards. Yeah. Uh, well, she can't Lawrence. What did y'all think about that? I would love to get a man's perspective on that. <laughs> I know. I gotta get my card. I'm listening now. Yeah, I'm trying to add a guy, a man, so we can have that type of conversation. <laughs> Every woman's fear. Maybe I'm speaking, you know, let me speak for myself. Um but in my mind, I feel like that's every woman here. It's especially if they've had to go through a lot with a person. Um, but I, I have had a guy tell me that, you know, it's not coincidental that a guy is going to do better with the next one, with, you know, the next one, because he's learned, like, especially yeah. if the one was was the one that he thought he wanted to be with. He was just messing up. Like, once you lose that, yeah, you're going to be like, well, shoot, you know what? I need to, you know, I'm going to apply all this stuff that, you know, this one said. You know, so it will look like they're reaping, you know, the reward, but I don't know. I mean, I I agree with that. I think after any relationship, you should come out as a better person like and so to say like oh no I want I want this person to still be the same shitty person that they were when we were together like (laughs) (laughs) I feel like (laughs) you're supposed to be like in my relationships I feel like you know I'm pouring into one person they're pouring into me like it's reciprocal in that way so the things that I did during that relationship I don't want to carry that into my next relationship. Now, does that person have the right to say, well, you grew after our relationship. You ain't supposed to grow. That's that's my stuff. You're supposed to still be the same person. You know, like, no, you don't get to take my growth because you poured into me or because I learned from our interactions, our relationship together. You know, right. so I think that's based off of like when we think about relationships and people as ownership, 
You know, and April mm-hmm. said um, a comment on one of the podcasts, like we make homes out of people. And so we think about it in that way. If I've made a home out of you, then yeah, I'm taking the TV, I'm taking the couch, I'm taking everything as I'm opposed sorry. to like, that's not fair. This is a yeah. person. They're going to grow through me. And that ain't got nothing to do with me directly. I don't have ownership over that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the difference in what you said is reciprocal. I think what happens is if you feel like you've been the only one pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, supporting, supporting, building up, building up, and then they leave and then move on to like, you know, it's very easy to feel like, well, wait a minute. I was, I was <laughs> wait still loving your working every day of the week. You know, <laughs> pulling a, a way to excel moment. Um, so I think so maybe you need to learn then, you know, that what your takeaway should be is that I need to make sure that, you know, my relationships are, you know, reciprocal. You know, not right. that what I'm getting to is not necessarily about it being, being right. I think from the perspective of Issa, she felt that she was the one pulling the load, pulling the weight. She was the one working. She was the one there when he was going through his, his depression. And yeah. she was the stuff she wanted, she's seeing him do with someone else. So I think that's where that that sentiment was like, I feel like I, I suffered through the yeah. Lawrence that was in the work in progress. But I, I think that's the risk. Yeah, relationships in general, but I think kind of getting to what you're saying, be careful about pouring out and pouring out if you're not getting poured into, and also knowing you be okay with doing all of this, and that person could could walk away with all your stuff. (laughs) My favorite favorite poem. Come back here with all my stuff, child. Stop giving it to them. Somebody walked away with all my they stuff. Walked away with all my stuff. They ain't walk. They ain't steal it. They ain't steal it. Right. You gave it away. Lord, as you can see, that's a sore spot. Look, I told um, Chris. <laughs> Chris Worthy said that I'm sounding all healthy and balanced because that's a lesson I had to learn <laughs> the hard way. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Then exhale is a Michael Myers film. Uh, <laughs> exhale as an adult, I think Bridget, you were talking about this on your Instagram one night. It's what you said. It was a warning to women. <laughs> yes, it was a warning to us, and we didn't pay attention because we didn't understand it at the time. But like, oh it, it wasn't just it wasn't just a, a a warning to women. It was a warning to ambitious women. Ooh. Like women who want to excel in your career, women who want to, you know, start your own business or or be somebody who's focused on career, but you still want love too. And I, I identify with so many of I'm calling F boys in the movie because I was like, dang, I dated one of them. Except for the crackhead. That might be the only one I had dated the That you know of. That you know of. <laughs> Pills are a real thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying they tried to warn me and I did not pay attention, but I'm woke But one thing that I do hope that, that people are taking away is that there isn't a right, there isn't a right or wrong response in all of this I think they're just all real reactions that people have 
Um, and it, the, the idea is, can you look at that? Can you see yourself in any of these reactions and responses and learn like what the mistakes were that were made by each of these? I, I would disagree slightly. I think blowing up your best friend's event is a wrong response. Well, I think she made a move with the right one because somebody like me would be like, I'm just going to apply this new job in the morning. Yeah. And that's the thing, that's something I hope Issa, like, and it's so funny because they always say the things that you dislike in other people that get a strong reaction out of you is something like of yourself you don't like. But I just, like scream whenever he's I'm like, open your mouth, say something. Like this last episode, let me tell you, the day three women, three people run out on me with a bill and I see them, girl, y'all, y'all just go ahead and have That's my money. That's crazy. I'm texting somebody and say, all right, y'all listen, I need y'all to either meet me here or meet me at the station. One of the two, but we're not right. <laughs> Yeah, that was one of those I wish you would kind of situations that I don't think she responded appropriately to. But um, to me, it speaks to that issue of Issa not open, like she does not open her mouth when she needs yeah. to. And it's she's passive. Very passive. Very passive. And then her dream, like, like Bridget was saying, her dream is how she wants to react. Yeah. You know, yeah. or even like rap Issa. Rap Issa is how she yeah, wants to be. Issa, you know, that's who she wants to be. Girl, I she love it. her reflection. Okay, her reflection marks back at her. <laughs> yeah. And shout out to the side stories. I love the relation. I love the, the dynamic between Amal and Kelly. Um, so a quick question. And I guess, I don't know if any of us are really in a position to have a strong opinion on either of these. So one thing I've seen is there's been criticism about Kelly's character being written as the, the fat, funny friend trope. And then yeah. that Amal is a sassy, gay, black man trope. And again, acknowledging I, I don't identify with either of those descriptions. So, you know, there's only so much I can speak on that. Well, I can well, speak I on the fat, funny friend. Um, <laughs> I can definitely speak on that trope, but I do think, and, and I think it goes into like the, the lack of depth that they give Kelly's character. Um, we know nothing about Kelly's character outside of the fact that she's funny, you know, um, that she is a good friend. Like we've seen her be a good friend in situations, um, I thought they were going to give us a little bit of like emotion when like her and Tiffany were having their thing. Right. Um, but like, there's just been a lack of depth, you know? And like I said, you know, definitely the whole, you know, the way they dress her, <laughs> I don't know who's in the wardrobe department, but you know, I just feel like they kind of allow her to be the wallflower or the one who like pads the same you know, like, oh, okay, well, we need a scene to move and we need a little bit of comedy relief. Let's put her in there. Um, and so I definitely think they touch on that as far as her being kind of that trope, that funny friend, that fat funny friend that's just there. 
yeah. without much depth, without much dimension. Yeah. I do think that she's an underdeveloped character, but I am Kelly in my real life. And I'm not fat, but I am <laughs> that person who's kind of like people call on me when they're having problems with other people or when they want to have a good time. People call me for stuff like that. But I wouldn't say that I'm central to any peer group. And I wouldn't say that that's a bad thing. I think that Kelly probably has the most versatility because she doesn't have beef with anybody. Like, even when she was beefing with Tiffany, it was over something. It wasn't really Tiffany. It was more so Tiffany's action. She was still there as a friend, still showed up. And, you know, she was there trying to hold the baby and everything in the last episode and try to take care of it. So I think I yeah. I identify with her in, in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me... I didn't see it that way. And again, recognizing my, you know, well, I ain't gonna call it skin and privilege because it ain't that, but um, <laughs> none that privilege. I don't know what's the middle. <laughs> I don't know what the middle is. So whatever that is, recognizing my privilege, I guess I looked at it as one, it's a sitcom and all characters can't be developed. Years we 45 minutes, hour. And and Kelly's a writer and she's also a comedian. So I right. felt she was writing her personality. And I just was wondering, like, is this unfair to her to paint her as a trope if this is truly like her work? Um, now that doesn't discount the fact that fat, funny friend tropes exist, but I mm. guess I'm thinking that she's not just a recurring guest character like she has been a writer she's a writer that the show sought out to bring on the show for sure so she has a a viable voice and and I wonder with her being a writer is also why she's not going to be so developed because mm-hmm. she's also, so she kind of reminds me of like a Mindy Callings character or Kaylin character in the office who like is also a writer so they can't yeah. be too like they got to be very very one-dimensional because they're not going to be there every episode so that's kind of where I was thinking like had she not been a writer on the show I might have been like yeah I can I can see that and again recognizing uh you know privilege and blind yeah. spots yeah wait I don't oh, I'm sorry I'm responding to the comment out loud yeah, they could definitely give her a little bit of depth, you know, um, more so because they've given all the other four, well, the other three characters more depth, you know, and Tiffany's not in every uh, every episode, but we see a little bit more of her and her life. Um, and so maybe it's coming. We'll see. But it's <laughs> coming. Uh, yeah, you know, Tiffany. Again, kind of like what April said, I don't really feel like they're going to go into a whole lot of depth for the reasons that she already expressed. But I do feel like they're they're at least kind of sprinkling something in there to maybe have like one or two episodes that do, you know, kind of bring a little more depth to Kelly's character. Yeah, it kind of mm-hmm. reminds me, of what's, mm-hmm. the, what's the guy, the jerk, is a chat? Yeah. Is he so kind of reminds me of characters that are meant to add comedic value to a scene. Like they're not meant to be um, Mm -hmm. fully fleshed out. Like you get a little bit here and there, but they're meant to be the comic relief 
because they may be, I'm trying to think, she might be the only, her and Yvonne, I think maybe the only real comedians in the Mm -hmm. show. So I think they're going to have, I don't know. That's just kind of what I was thinking with that. It's just like, I think that's what her role is to be. So I guess it does get into tricky tricky territory if there's also history behind the funny fat friend. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. who gets to say, well, actually, no, I want to be the funny friend. You focusing on the fat part. Yeah. Not the fact that I'm a good comedian and a good that I'm actor. a good comedian. And that's yeah. where I kind of damn, we just reduce her to right. funny friend and, and not the funny character. Because uh, I didn't see him as, um, what was the description? Flamboyant or whatever. The, I didn't. I didn't sassy, see him. I think sassy, gay, hypersexualized. I didn't see that. Mm-mm. I only saw him. I, the only scene that I at least can remember of you know them showing him with another guy was maybe what two out of all of the four seasons, and maybe that's because I haven't picked up on it. But I didn't see it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that could also be me being oblivious to it if that's what other people are picking up. Right. But catch that that was the intention behind his character. If yeah, that's I think how he talks in real life, then is it a trope? It's a good question. I think that's where Think Peace Twitter can sometimes yeah. sometimes do a lot. It's just like, really, y'all, do we like, and I, I don't want to, like, dismiss it because, again, I'm not a part of either community, mm-hmm. so I don't want to, you know, be a white person and just be like, guys, it's not, you know? Right. <laughs> I do want to address, Andre made a comment, sometimes writers, new agents are more equipped to play or write what they believe will be accepted until they are able to get power to elevate development. Her clothes speak volumes about it. Okay, so that's where you're going with this holiday theory. So, one, I think is an insult to everybody on this show to even compare <laughs> Tyler Perry and how he writes. Tyler Perry is a bad writer. He like, is. Period. I think, I think Issa has control over that writing room. Mm-hmm. And even when you look at who is on that crew, that is one of the most diverse crews and writing rooms. You got a black male showrunner. You got, I mean, again, like they sought her out. So mm-hmm. now the clothing, I don't, I ain't got nothing to say about the clothes. I don't know what the hell that's about. You might have a point there, or they, or also I just think people don't know how to dress larger women. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they out at the too. So again, what if she is picking out these outfits? That's true too. She just might not know. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I promise you that girl ain't picking them outfits. <laughs> Google her and see how she normally dresses. Yes. Because if, if she looks point. like she looks on that show, y'all owe her an apology. <laughs> no, we owe her an intervention. No. no. <laughs> no. Well, no. Y'all need to tell her what's comfortable for her. I think before we take this any further into a tangent, I just want Thank to you. encourage you to kind of circle back to was it episode 19 where we talk about keeping adult friendships. Um, I think we talked about a lot of things tonight that we covered in that um, show, but not just encouraging you to listen to episode 19, but lots of our other episodes <laughs> out there. 
and we would love for you to go back check them out um leave some comments continue to talk with us we hope to um do more of these lives but i i really want you know i am glad that we got a chance to kind of put our faces out here and talk about things that are related to a lot of the content that we like to cover in our podcast yeah i think um before we like shut it down leonard am i saying that correctly um said um he had a really good question um it says so do people really function in friendships relationships and not evaluate their performance with the said friend or the person in the relationship so are people functioning in these relationships and not evaluating or checking in and saying how do you feel about what we're doing oh god yeah i've been guilty of it and right. I, I, teach, I can damn near teach a course uh, in the personal skills. And I know I have failed at checking in to say, so am I being a good friend to you? Like, right. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I think that's something, you know, where if people are starting to like think about like their friendships or their relationships on a on a different level and wanting to figure out if they are being a Molly or Issa. <laughs> in their relationships, being able to have those moments of checking in and saying like, how, you know, am I being a good friend to you? What do you need in your relationships? What do you need in your friendships? And, you know, are we moving in the right, in the same direction? You know, and if not, like, what does it look like to get us back on track? Or like, how do we have those conversations? Absolutely. Yeah. I think a good takeaway to that or to this whole discussion too is closed mouth. I think I said this before, closed mouths don't get fed. So if you are in a friendship and you are feeling that you are not getting what you need, you can't always wait for that other person to come to you with that conversation because most of us, Shari says this all the time, we live in a very self-centered world. Where especially if you got some stuff going on, it's very easy to have blinders where you're not even aware that you are mistreating or not being a good friend. So if you feel like things are off, sometimes being able to say like, hey, we need to we need to check in. Like, can we have a conversation? It don't have to be super eloquent, but just being able to call a thing a thing before it becomes this huge blow up that it doesn't have to be. Yeah. So Leo also asked adult friendships. Did y'all discuss how to find new friends as adults? It's impossible. I think we did. We did. We did. Episode 18 or 19? 18. Episode 18. We talked about the art of making adult friendships. And then 19 is the art of keeping adult friendships. Um, Because it's an art. Like it's a real skill that I think we aren't equipped for when we're younger. Um, and so, you know, it's definitely something to think about and do it intentionally, especially when keeping friendships, like intentionality is key, like being able, cause I mean, you're going to have points of contention. You're going to have points where you like, I don't agree. We ain't on the same page. 
you know, there's going to be breaks and disruptions in your relationships, but the intentionality, being able to rise above what's happening in that moment and say, like, how do I show up intentionally in this relationship? And how do I request that of the other person? Um, mm -hmm. That's work that you have to do on your own outside of that other person. So, yeah. All well, right, more, so more is coming. Say what now? I was just going to say more is coming with the Molly and Issa dynamic. I'm excited to see yeah, Molly. Independent. Yeah. So this was Issa's independent episode. Um, next week looks like it's going to be Molly's independent episode. Um, so it'll be interesting to just see how they navigate this separateness. And yeah. whether that continues them on the path of being separated or brings them closer. So looking forward okay. to it. Yes. Um, well, before we go, Bridget, is there anything you need want to shout out? Any any, I don't know, promo. <laughs> I don't have anything. Where can people find you if they want to chat with you? Oh, you can find me at Dr. Burpo on Instagram. Nice. I'm also on Twitter is as Dr. Burpo now. <laughs> Bridget is um, a class of 2020 graduate. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a COVID grad. So <laughs> COVID grad. Like an actual graduation or hooding ceremony. So I have to just put it everywhere. Yeah. As you should. As you should. Mm -hmm. It deserves to be everywhere. And so, yes, if you have never listened to our um podcast please do so um i just put the link in the chat so you can always find us at three sites and a mic on most of your listening platforms um you can also follow us on facebook where you're streaming us right now you can also find us on instagram at three sites and a mic and if you want to email us you can email us at three sites and a mic at gmail.com and so we try to give y'all great content. If you ever have topics that you'd like us to talk about, please do. Please let us know. So we're open to talking about it. Right. Thank I really you. want y'all to do this more often. Bridget said we should do this more often. I agree. People yeah. never get to see our faces. When you listen to the podcast, I am literally talking to you all. <laughs> While I listen. You're not so alone. I have people that will send me text messages responding to stuff that you're saying on the podcast, and I'm going, What are you talking about? They're like, Oh, no, it's on the podcast. <laughs> I do that to April. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have gotten so many text messages about that swimsuit. I forgot what episode, but I wanted to buy a $200 swimsuit. And so many people were like, I need to see this. <laughs> I'm so glad it you did it. You know why I did it? Because coronavirus is a hate. We're not going. Right. I'm glad you didn't because that's the thing. You would have spent that $200 and we would have been in the house. I would have been on a Zoom call with it, I promise you. Okay. <laughs> Let me spend $200 on a swimsuit and think y'all will be Right. For sure. Hilarious. Um, Y'all, I got chicken that is probably burnt at this point. Yeah, um, I'm not even gonna. Well, just thank y'all. This was fun. fun. Yeah, I'm gonna drop you, Bridget. Thanks for joining. Um, 
you coming on live with us. We had to get some more male perspective. Why didn't Why didn't Doctor Charles come he on? Said he, he kept doing the um spinning. Like when you oh, tried to God. join early, kept loading. Like it wouldn't allow him to come on. So okay, okay. we'll have to um, We'll have to get. We'll have to get him on to get a male perspective. He's also another psychologist, so you know we'll you know keep the keep the party rolling with all these black ex excellent psychologists. Yes. All right. So thank y'all for listening. Check us out. We drop next episode tomorrow, so check us out, and we'll see y'all soon. Bye. Bye. Be safe. Stay home. Be good friends. <laughs>